What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 41 of Hit the Books, a podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this episode of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, we have everyone back, Huff, Ace, and Mackie, myself. Mackie has returned safely from the country of Mexico. NHL and NBA Finals are happening now. On top of that, we have the NFL and MLB with some news and things to review that you just do not want to miss. Also, we cannot forget about our power rankings in the MLB that we have been doing each and every week. But let's jump into this week's episode and introduce my co-hosts, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Ace, let's start off with you this week, buddy. What do you got for me? Yeah, ready to get going on another week here. Got a lot of entries on that DraftKings pool, so that was pretty exciting to see. And uh, we have the finals underway in both these top two sports. But uh, I've, been, I've been following baseball a lot lately. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff going on there. A lot of prospects coming up this year. I don't know if it's because I'm paying attention to it more because my Boston teams are out right now or if it's just because there's actually more. So that's pretty interesting to see. But ready to get talking another week. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yet another week. Mackie, you're up next, back from vacation safely from Cancun, Mexico. Saw you playing some golf down, down there. We reviewed your scores at the end of last episode. I hope you caught that one. What do you got for us, buddy? Happy to have you back. Yeah, I've shot better than that before, but, uh, you know, just like just, just nice to be on vacation. Got a nice week off. Obviously missed the boys, but uh, couldn't be happier to be back talking sports, doing what I love best. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Let's finish it off with you, Huff. Another week here on the show. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Ace said it. Uh, the DraftKings prize pool killed it. Uh, shout out to everyone that joined that. Um, I'm excited to hear. I definitely want to hear what everyone put in for that for us. Uh, I'm interested to compare what we all had for that, and we'll get into that when we get into the NHL. But other than that, not much going on with me. Uh, excited to be back. A lot of stuff going on in the sports world, so excited to get into it. All right, boys, let's start it off. Episode 41, we're here. I want to start off with a little top three segment. Top three college mascots. Who are your top three college mascots each and every year of all time, I guess is a good way to put it. I'll, st- I'll start us off here. Um, I put this in here. Big college football guy, college basketball. Love seeing the college mascots running around the student sections at all these college games. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with number three. I have the Michigan State Spartan, a uh, classic, a staple in the in the college basketball world. You're always seeing the green and white uh, Spartan running around the the, uh, the student section up there in Michigan State, but that's definitely number three for me. Number two, I'm going to go the Georgia Bulldog, uh, whether you want to go the real one that sits in the mini refrigerator or the mascot version. Both are sick. Uh, Georgia's number two. And then number one, I'm going to go with the Oregon Duck. It's the classic. I feel like most people, that's one of their favorite go-to mascots that they're going to think of is the Oregon Duck. Another one that was pretty similar to that that I also like, but I feel like I couldn't put them both in there was the Miami Hurricane, uh, another sick mascot up there. So, um, But those are those are my top three. Um, three, Michigan State. Two, Georgia. One, um, Oregon. I, I love the Oregon Duck. I, I That one just missed my top three. But uh, I will say, Huff, I'm a little... I'm a little ashamed you didn't put your hometown mascot in there. You're an alum and everything, so uh, that'll that'll get me into my top three. But uh, number three, I'm gonna go the the orange, the Syracuse orange. Um, I I just think it's a cool little. It looks like a little ball. It's kind of cool. You see that walking around the stadium. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, number two, I'm gonna go the Mountaineer, just because one, I'm an alum, and two, 
not many mascots are actual living. So, you know, it's cool that they're, uh, they're, they're a little unique. They're different than everybody else. So I like that too. Um, number one, I'm going to go with the Colorado Buffalo. Uh, this one is um, just for me, just because Buffalo was the first game or the uh, in Boulder was the first game that I've uh, that I've been to a college football game when I was like eight years old. And I saw the Buffalo running on the field and I uh, thought it was pretty cool. So that one's always stuck with me. So, uh, yeah, that's my top three. So that's definitely a different top three. The Syracuse Orange is another one. That's a hard one to get out of there for me out of my top three. But college basketball, the orange is a staple. Wow, I actually don't think the orange is cool at all, but uh, it, is, it is iconic. I'll say that. Um, not as big of a college guy, so I'll go with a pretty standard list, I guess you'll say. But no, coming at number three, I had the Oregon Duck as well. I was surprised Huff said that. I was like, that's just, what's a cool mascot? I just think of one that pops in my mind. And some of the jersey concepts you see with that Oregon Duck head is pretty cool as well. Um, coming at two though, I also had the Georgia Bulldog, but I, I meant definitely, <laughs> definitely the real one though. Definitely the real one. I mean, what's his name? Uga? Or, or Uga, yeah. Uga. Yeah. He, he's going out there all the time. I'm walking onto the field. Uh, it's an elite football program too. So it's always cool to see him. Um, gotta love the dogs. And then at number one, I had the Mountaineer for all the reasons, like Mackie said, actually shocked that Huff didn't have it in his top three being an alma mater former club hockey player there, <laughs> but, uh, I'll put them in there for sure. And it's cool. Like we actually know the tradition that it goes with, um, they rotate through the people year in and year out. And it's an actual person and it's iconic to the States just bring hits every checks, every box for me with that Mountaineer. So, um, pretty standard for me, but you could hear what Jesse has to say. Ace, when you said you had two of the same three as me, I thought for sure you were going to say Michigan State. I didn't think you were going with Georgia. Yeah, no, that's iconic, dude. The real dog? Come on. Who, who else does that? <laughs> the Huskies. The Yukon does that. Don't they have a real Husky? Yeah, but like Yukon. The Buffaloes UConn, have a real so. Buffalo. Yeah, true. I guess the real ones are. I get I get what you're saying with WU. I don't know. I just. I, when Maybe I it's think because like, Georgia is always in the spotlight, too. That's why you got to go with that one. It's just whenever I think of a mascot, I think of like the big furry like suit. You know what I mean? Like the Philadelphia fanatic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or gritty. Not gritty. Not, Not gritty. gritty. Philly, Philly does probably have the best mascots out of every city. Yeah, but it's because they can't perform on the field, so they perform off of it. Yeah. Okay. Bring bring entertainment somehow. Steelers don't even have a mascot like that walks on the stadium. They yeah, did at one point for like a Steve. year or two. Ste- Steely McBeam, and then that died. People were like, that's a lame-ass fucking name Who for was a mascot. It? Steel Rod? Steely McBeam. That's one you could actually chirp about because <laughs> that's, that's terrible. a... terrible. <laughs> Who voted for that? Pop, that City sounds of... like something I'd make up that like would yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It sounds like a chirp that you would have said to me like sophomore year call. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But no, that's just... Well, I guess my chirps weren't too far off then. Yeah, honestly. Solid picks there, boys. Let me run through my top three. I got the Syracuse Auto, the orange. What a just, I think he's iconic. I think that's just hilarious. Reminds me of the Kool-Aid man. Uh, the, my next one is Nebraska's Herbie Husker. Just a, a good old corn farmer. You can't go wrong with a good old <laughs> corn farmer. And finally, a little bias, the Penn State Nittany Lion. Former alum, love it. Can't go wrong. He's a clock. Classic. A classic one that no one said that I knew Jesse wasn't going to say is Brutus. That's one that yeah. didn't make any of them. Uh, what's another one that I was thinking that maybe someone would say? Mm. Oh, I really liked the uh, Miami Hurricane as one. That's pretty cool. 
I bet you know what I mean. You can't have the Oregon Duck and the Miami Hurricane. They're basically no, the same. No. They're so you, similar. What, what do you want? Two birds? I just think the color scheme of the Ducks probably makes it go harder, even though the Canes are right there with them. Yeah. Honorable mention, though, I said uh, to Western Kentucky, their mascot literally is the Kool-Aid man. It's it's uh, it's pretty sweet. I don't know what his name it's is. A but blob of red. It's, called it's literally red. just a red blob. It's, it's, it's hilarious. See, like where I'm from, it's like college hockey mostly the college basketball like what what do we have around here the providence friar the i was gonna island say the Ram. providence friars rhode island ram yeah the rent you are sucks i mean pc is where it's at that's a i like you are i don't get me wrong to all the people that are listening that are big you are fans uh, <laughs> no like definitely definitely like you are but i just think pc historically better team at least in my lifetime Dartmouth College has uh, Carry the Keg. That's pretty dope. And it's like legit. What is it? Carry the Keg. How is that? Send it in the group chat. I want to look at it real quick. Is it like a keg? That's a stupid question, but like, is it a literal keg? Oh, it does say non-official. I I read some different things that said official, Uh, but I I guess they don't have one. I'll send you guys a picture of it, though. You'll laugh. It's funny. Yeah, no way that's, that's an official... I saw it on a, oh, on some website and I was like, okay, that that, that was real. Keggy the keg. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's fucking real. I kind of like uh, it. I love it. That looks I think like it's like a West Virginia mascot right there. I was gonna say that looks like a beer league softball team mascot. Yeah, dude, that's an Ivy League school. <laughs> Probably the wrong school to do it at. <laughs> Keggy the keg. <laughs> oh, it's Keggy. I thought it was Gary. If the non-official mascot. All I right. like them. Lots of solid choices there. Top three college mascots to wrap that up. Let's jump into what we love and know the NHL. I got a few points to st- or I got a point. I got a few points here to start off before we jump into the Stanley Cup finals. Cole Caulfield signed an eight-year extension with the Montreal Canadiens worth an annual value of $7.85 million a year. Montreal Canadiens keeping a piece of their core there with Cole Caulfield. What do you guys think about that uh, that extension? That's that. It's a similar contract to Jack Hughes, which is just the thing that pops out to me. That's pretty insane. That I mean, does that say more about Jack Hughes being a steal or Cole Caulfield being overpaid? I think more of the Jack Hughes being a steal. Um, I, I think Cole Caulfield, what a player, really. Um, obviously, we saw him get sent down to the AHL, but then when they brought in Marty St. Louis, a guy who played that same type of style, same type of high-end skill, um, his game really accelerated. So I'm I'm excited to see him uh, move forward with this Canadiens team. Uh, they really need someone to lead the way. Kind of hate the Habs, so it kind of sucks to see him stay there. But good American guy from that core group of uh Young guys, what class is that? Maybe like 2021, 2019. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's same age as Jack Hughes. Yeah. All right. So that class 2019, but a lot of talent there. So not surprising to see that bag come his way. Yeah, yeah for sure. A talented individual. Yeah. I, I, like I said, not a huge, or like I said, not a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, but uh, he's a great player. Anytime, eight years, almost eight million a year. He got the bag to stay in Montreal. So. Uh, good for him. He's definitely one of the top young players in the league. He's just, I feel like he gets overlooked because of his size, obviously. But 
Um, Montreal, they, I mean, they went to the cup two years ago with say it was a fluke or whatever, whatever you want to say in that, that COVID year where it kind of got set up for a Canadian team to at least get there because of the way the brackets were. But I don't know that, that they went from what cup final to the worst team in the league, but they still got guys like him, Suzuki. So, um, I think Montreal could figure things out with St. Louis behind the bench. Yeah. Excited to see what he can really do in like one of his top years. I mean, I could see him as a 40-plus, 50-plus goal scorer maybe at his peak. Um, exciting <laughs> to see for sure. I really like Suzuki, Anderson, Caulfield. I like a lot of their pieces. I just don't like that franchise. They have oh, an awesome yeah. young core. A lot of goal scoring. Just need, need that goaltender. They're still in limbo after Carey Price walked out on them. Caulfield won a Hobie Baker in college too. So this guy, he, he can play hockey. He could be one of the studs of the league. He just uh, definitely got to put on a few pounds. I know... He's also a little small, which I can't really do anything about that. But um, he can definitely be one of the players uh, to look out for in the league. Sim- similar style of hockey to, to Connor Bedard. Definitely going to be a very interesting team to watch there. The Montreal Canadiens signing Cole Caulfield for another eight years. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquire Ivan Provorov. In a three-team trade involving the Philadelphia Flyers, the Los Angeles Kings, and like I said, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Philadelphia Flyers traded Provorov and forward Hayden Hodgson to Los Angeles in exchange for goalie Cal Peterson, defenseman Sean Walker, defenseman Helge Grands, and the Kings' 2024 second-round pick. Columbus acquired defenseman Kevin, I don't know how to say this, Connaughton, and Philadelphia in ex- from Philadelphia in exchange for a 2023 first-round pick and a conditional second-round pick in either the 2024 or 2025 draft. Columbus acquired Provorov from Los Angeles in exchange for Continent. A lot of talk there, but overall, I, Columbus Blue Jackets I, I, get Provorov. What do you guys think? I, can, I cannot believe the Flyers are doing this for Cal Peterson and just clearing house for Provorov, and obviously they're shipping Carter Hart as well. Um, Carter Hart's ceiling is way higher than Cal Peterson's, in my opinion. I think... Carter Hart's going to go to a contender, and he's going to absolutely blow up. Yeah, Mackie, I mean, you're not wrong with that potential for Connor Hart. Or Carter Hart. Um, sorry, buddy named Connor Hart. Listen to the pod, too. Shout out to him. <laughs> Carter Hart. Boy. Yep, Carter Hart um, definitely has that ceiling that everybody's been talking about since he was a young prospect. But the thing is, Cal Pedersen is going to come in at a much lower price. And I think the Philadelphia Flyers saw what they had with Hart, and they have to blow it up. They didn't gain any traction. They have to redo everything. Get in that first-round pick, moving on from Provorov, who wasn't as good as he was supposed to be. I, I like the direction this team's heading. I mean, I think full rebuild there. Get younger. Get everybody out. Um, I like this move by the Flyers there. Uh, everybody else just kind of shuffling the deck. Good ad by the... Uh, Blue Jackets, though, not a terrible blue line there with who they have, Wierenski and uh, now Provorov and a few other names out there. So interesting to see how this pans out. I just think the Flyers should have built around Carter Hart instead of just clearing absolute house. I mean, obviously, I think that they should clear house. They're a pretty po- poverty franchise at this at this point in time. But I, I, th- I think Carter Hart could definitely be a franchise goaltender. I know he's a little more expensive, like you said, but, you know, you got to spend the money somewhere. Yeah, while we're on the point, I kind of want to talk about Carter Hart a bit more. Obviously, that move's pretty noteworthy. Three-team deal, don't see that too often. But I really want to hear who you guys think he could end up with. I know they're looking to move him, so it's kind of tough. But a lot of flexibility. You see what these GMs can do, working magic, uh, crunching numbers. So 
I think he goes to a contender. Someone like the Leafs or the Hurricanes pops into my mind. Um, maybe the Oilers too, but eager to hear what you guys think about that. I didn't really think about too many landing spots for Carter Hart. I forget the spot that I said the other day whenever it kind of first popped in my mind. Uh, I can't, I don't know, Toronto, Edmonton, obviously all those powerhouse teams that are just, were always sitting there like, yeah, they could, they're could a goalie away or, you know, the goalie just couldn't get the job done again. But I don't know. Carter Hart, obviously, like Mackie said, easily could be one of the, be- one of the best goalies in the NHL. He's still so young and has so much potential ahead of him. Um, I like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Obviously it's looking like the flyers are going to be moving on from him, but like we said, just where he goes, it's going to be uh interesting ace. Do you know, did you hear anything on based on those teams? Like what's most likely or anything? I haven't really looked into this too much. No, kind of, uh, under wraps the reports out there, but definitely traction moving him out of Philadelphia is what I've heard. And I think we all know that's the inevitable now after moving on from Provorov and really blowing up that whole core. I'd, I'd love to see him go to either Edmonton or Toronto, especially to just two teams that have always been a goalie away, even though if Aiden Hill wins again this year, obviously being a goalie away isn't the, yeah. uh, isn't the answer. But, uh, you know, two teams that everyone has always said, you just need a goaltender, or at least the Leafs, or at least the Oilers, I mean. Um, so, you know, throw, throw a good goaltender like that, and, that, and you can see what you could do. He's also a Canadian guy, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind going up north. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day with Edmonton and uh... – I don't know if he'll be the stopgap that gets them through, but he could do better than Jack Campbell. But what were we saying? They always blow up when they get to Edmonton. They get overpaid, and their career just he, goes downhill. He, he had like 35 good games, and they signed him to a $10 million con- annual contract. That was the dumbest signing I think they could have done. Yeah, I agree there, especially after that all-star campaign. But I, I agree with you, that Aiden Hill statement. I mean, you got to build from the blue line out in today's NHL. Obviously, having a great goaltender helps when he can steal the show, makes up for the deficiencies on the back end. But look at these teams that win now. Big defensemen, veterans, all-stars, all-world. Lots of good stuff there, yeah. Lots about, you know, the Flyers moving on from Provorov and Carter Hart. We'll see what happens with those trades as we move forward here. Uh, one One more point before we get into... The Stanley Cup Finals here, a statistic on Game 1. Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Panthers and the Golden Knights on Saturday averaged 2.8 million viewers in the United States across TNT, TBS, and True TV. That is an increase of 11% when compared to average uh, Stanley Cup Final viewership from 2017 to 2021. Second most watched Stanley Cup Final game ever on cable, the first being the Carolina Hurricanes and the Detroit Red Wings in 2002, which actually surprised the heck out of me. Crazy stuff there before we jump into the series. Any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you saw Gary Bettman on the TNT cast the other day. He had that poking some fun at Biz like everybody loves to do. Saw Connor Bernard and the rest of the uh, draft picks doing the same. But it really goes speaks volume to those contracts the NHL has been able to get. Getting onto ESPN, getting onto TNT, it brings more eyes to you, um, easier to access, and better production overall, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, I enjoy all the... TNT stuff for sure. The ESPN stuff can be a little lackluster at times, but it's good that they have national exposure for every game now. Which is yeah, I'm I'm glad. Yeah, I don't like the whole. I don't like the ESPN crew that does the games. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think they're they're half as good as the TNT crew, and I don't even really love uh, Gretzky too much on the panel. I really think Biz Anson Carter, um, what's his name Liam, and then uh, who's the last guy that I'm forgetting? He used to be Rick Talkett. He was great, um, but. 
No, I, ju- I just think the original the, the that core that they have at TNT on the panel is so much better than they have at ESPN. I really like when the games are on there compared to ESPN. I think the downfall with the ESPN NHL broadcast has more to do with the downfall of the company as a whole. I mean, its heyday was really when we were younger, and that's when NHL was the previously when NHL was on ESPN. I think that's when ESPN was at its peak. So I attribute that to the downfall of the company more so. Um, but yeah, TNT favor that for sure. Gretzky, just a cool name to have, but Huff, you're not wrong. Content is lacking. He just kind of sits there. It's Lundquist. That's who I'm forgetting. Mackie, yeah. could you let me forget that? It's your fucking boy. Yeah, he's uh, Henrik Lundquist. Everybody loves him too, huh? Oh, big time. I don't know. That panel is just is easily likable for sure. Yeah, biz nasty. I mean, that guy's always got something great to say. Always. And I love when they bring Revo in to mess with them and. Batman comes in, mess with him. Bedard comes in, mess with him. It's all good, all fun stuff. Bedard chirping him is actually all time. Guy's not even in the league. Yet. <laughs> Bedard's gonna be a dog though. No, Black yeah, of got a good one. Of course, he put up more points than Biz did his whole career in the first week of his. That's not even saying much. No, no. Good stuff there, boys. Let's jump into this Stanley Cup final series. We're through two games. The Vegas Golden Knights took game one of the final by a score of 5-2. to two. Florida struck first, but Vegas' defensive style was able to limit chances for Florida in game one. Game two met, went much of the same way. Vegas outscoring Florida 7-2 to two on Monday night. Game three here on Thursday. Vegas leading the series 2-0 as we go into game three. Pretty wild. 2-0 Vegas up in a Stanley Cup final. What do you guys got for me on this series? Yeah, I just, uh, I definitely didn't see this one coming. Um, I knew obviously Vegas was going to take at least one at home defensive home court or home ice, I should say. But uh, that game too, I really was expecting the Panthers to uh, bounce back heavy. Uh, Bobrovsky looked back like regular season Bobrovsky. Um, He's got a figure something out i think i think it's just a little a little lack of confidence right now he's in the stanley cup he had one tough game so it's hard to bounce back for a second second game but you know you're going back home now so you got to figure it out he'll lock in i don't think this series is anywhere close to over but uh vegas definitely has a huge edge in this one yeah mac you're not wrong with bobrovsky returning to regular season form and i think the panthers as a whole did i saw andrew raycroft uh he probably said it best these Panthers look like the Panthers that played for 70 games, the first 70 games of the season. And that's not good for them. We've been talking about how they've been playing playoff hockey for so long. That was probably those last 12 games like he was referring to. And before the Stanley Cup started, maybe they got caught up in the moment too much. Or maybe this Vegas Golden Knights team is a lot more experienced and knew the moment and that home ice is important. But I think they really need to right, reset going back home if they want to extend this past four or five. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll be the one. I was on Vegas both of these games. I liked them uh, to defend their home ice and come out to a 2-0 series lead. And I, Ace, I said that last week. I said I didn't think – I thought at some point this run with Bobrovsky has to come to a stop and lets up five. I mean, I know he got pulled, but Vegas puts up five goals in both games, more than five in game two. Um, I, I, I like them in both games. I'm glad I did. And coming back to Florida, I agree. It's a whole different series, but – I, I hate to say it, I, I don't think Vegas is going to lose two straight at the, any point of this series. So I think I think we're going to be going back to Vegas game five, three, one. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, but I'm kind of hoping what I alluded to last week comes comes to fruition. Um, I, I thought the series would be a series of swings and teams would get hot 
and the Florida Panthers need to strike first early in game three and get that momentum going their way, then maybe they can win one. Even if they win two, if they win two, that'd be perfect, right? But even if they can win one and get this to a 3-1 series going back, there's at least some life. And they've had their backs against the door in a 3-1 series before. We saw them do it against the best regular season team in NHL history. Um, no slouches there. And Paul Maurice knows Matt Kachuk even said it. You remember the quote after game four when they lost? He said, we're going back. We'll be back here um, in Florida. And that's what they did. And then they came back to Boston one again. So I wouldn't sleep on this team. This game three is massive, massive, massive. Matthew Kachuk needs to stick to putting pucks in the back of the net and not going into the penalty box. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. But this Vegas team has come to play. Bruce Cassidy has a role in. Yeah, they're setting the tone, and then there's just being stupid, and he's just not he's just not spending enough time on the ice, and that's been the problem here. But yeah, Ace, I think you have a lot of good points there. This team's had their back backs against the walls uh, multiple times, with whether it was in the regular season or the first round of the playoffs. But uh, they just got to figure it out. Big guys got to step up. Kachuk, uh, Verhage, uh, Reinhardt, these guys. It's got to you know they got to put the puck in the back of the net. They got to win some hockey. Yeah, I think one thing that's surprising to me is how much physicality the Golden Knights have brought to the Panthers. Um, we talked about how fast and physical Florida was playing throughout this whole stretch run. And it seems like Vegas is initiating the contact. I know they're a big team and that's the brand of hockey they play. But a bit surprised that the speed and the tenacity of the Florida Panthers hasn't been has been non-existent so far. And what's impressed me the most for Vegas is we've known they're a big team. And uh, obviously they don't really have like they have the true superstar and Eichel, I guess you'd say, is like their guy bringing him in. That's not really like he hasn't been there. He's not really a part of that culture. Is this this his first season there, correct? Right. Off uh, that well, surgery? No, he, 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 played a half. he played a half. Okay. Well, first, he, full season. Season. first off it's, season, first full season. And it's just their depth is what impresses me going into each of these games. Like, seven goals last game. I think their fourth line had two of them. Third line had one. Like, they're getting goals from the third and fourth line on night-in and night-out basis in the Stanley Cup final, and that's exactly what you need to win a cup, and they're buzzing. Uh, Right now, they look really good, and like I said, I think they go back to Vegas 3-1. Florida, I actually – I'm still sticking with my Vegas and six pick. Um, I think, like you said, Ace, I think Florida wins tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? No, Thursday, yeah, yeah tomorrow, yeah. No, yeah so I think tomorrow, Florida. Yeah. I think Florida wins Game Three. Vegas wins Game Four. Florida wins Game Five. Vegas wins the Cup in Game Six in Florida on the road. Yeah, uh, I think I've been talking a little too much about the Panthers not performing well enough. Vegas has been absolutely incredible. Uh, this team wants it more than anything. You, you know those six players that have been there since uh, that inaugural season. They they know they want it bad. Obviously, they have a a stud behind the uh, behind the bench with uh, Bruce Cassidy. So. They have all the pieces. Aiden Hill's playing out of his mind, playing like one of the best goaltenders in the league. Um, so, you know, they have all the pieces put together right now. So they just need two more wins, two more before they get four more. So they are in a very good spot. And uh, I, I, you can't say they don't deserve it. Do you guys remember your picks that you put in for the prize pool? Because I know mine. I, I know the here's the ones I do remember that I put. I put which team will win the series? Vegas. Series exact games? Six. How many total goals will be in the series? I did under 33 and a half. I'm not loving that with these first two games. Um, how many game how many total overtime goals will there be in the series? I two. did over I did over one and a half. I did under on that one. So I need I need some overtime games. You'll get which, you'll get at least one of the next two. Yeah. I think one of these games in Florida goes overtime. Which player leads a series in total goals? 
Uh, did any other outcome out of Kachuk, Verhage, Barkov, Eichel, Marcheseau, and Stone? Basically, just hoping one of the depth players for Vegas does it. I think Marcheseau got it right now. Marcheseau has it right for now. Sure. Which player leads the series in total points? I put Kachuk. I don't think that's looking too great. Um, will there be at least one shutout by either team in any game of the series? Yes. Will any game have at least 10 goals scored? No. But no, the but we, we, nine, we came really down. I know, close, the last yeah. one was nine. Will any player record a hat trick in any game of the series? No. Which player will win the con Smythe? Aiden Hill. What's Aiden Hill's odds right now? It's got to be mean, between Marchessault and Aiden Hill right now. It's between Marchessault and Aiden Hill. One of them uh, what be- did we say what? about that long shot Aiden Hill plus 1,200 starting goaltender of the favorite team coming into the series? Aiden Hill plus 500, Marchessault minus 105. I was going to say Marshall's probably minus. That's crazy to me. If Aiden Hill stands on his head in the two games that Vegas wins, like two shutties. Dude, if they sweep and he and he lights it up, oh, 100%. 100%. I think the only reason they'd give, they wouldn't is because they'd turn, a, turn away from him after like only half of a run, I guess. Two-thirds of a run, maybe. Yeah. But uh, well, he's played the entire playoffs. Like Marchessault could go ice cold. No, Vegas start. could still win this series, in my opinion. He didn't start. It was Laurent Brassard. Had to be like the first two games. No, he beat he beat he beat Winnipeg. Remember, he was their yeah, backup, and they were chanting backup in Winnipeg, and he beat him. I remember that. No, I don't. I, I watched that, basically. Uh, I'm not kidding. I watched almost every yeah, Vegas playoff it's game this really, year. It's really mm-hmm. tough to give it to Aiden Hill. Then I thought he. I thought he played the entire playoffs. Um. No, but he's he's had a great run ever since that injury, but. To touch a few more points on this series, um, what's crazy to me about the Panthers, again, Mackey's right, I'm talking about them losing so much, not the Vegas Golden Knights winning, not to take away from their credit, but is the three best players coming into this series, in my eyes, were Matthew Kachuk, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Radko Gouda's best defenseman having the most impact on the game with the physicality he brings, and they've been the three worst players in this series um, for the Florida Panthers. Maybe not the worst overall, but their performance has been lackluster, to say the least, and they really need to pick it up if the Panthers want to have a chance to go. Um, it's, it's crazy to me, but this game three tomorrow night is going to be massive. Excited to watch that. Did, did you just say best three players in the series or on the Panthers? On the Panthers. Oh, I was going to say, you don't have Jack Eichel in your top three players in the series. No, no. Well, yeah, Gudis isn't even like the third best player on the, on the Panthers, but I'm saying the most impact on this run so far. He got trucked. Yeah, maybe that's why they're down to nothing because those three players are just not stepping up. Oh yeah, no, I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the complete reason they've done a 180. Um, Jesse, I want to hear your picks. Go through your prize pool. All right. So for mine, give a little preface. I definitely went with the uh, the seniority of things with Bobrovsky. I thought he was really going to come out and just kind of not. I mean, not put a stop to this Vegas run, but. Definitely put a kink in it. So I said I said Florida to win the series in six. 62% of our entries had Florida. You're right. 62.26%. Pretty darn impressive. That shocks me. And then, uh, like I said, six games. Under 33.5 total goals in the series. Under 1.5 total overtime goals in the series. Uh, I said Kachuk for uh, leading the series in total goals, which, like you said... And we're not looking good on lead the series. In but total if you points. win this, if you win the series that, that there's a good chance that that comes back to. Right. But 
I don't know. We'll see. And then uh, total lead the series in total points. I took Eichel. I thought he was going to come back after having a rough series last series, but not looking good there either. Um, will there be at least one shutout? I said no. Will there be at least 10 goals scored in any game? No. Will any player record a hat trick in the series? No. I took Kachuk to win the con Smythe, but I don't like that very much anymore. It wasn't a solid pick on my part, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, ours are like so opposite of yeah, the six games for sure. I don't mind it. Um, but definitely yeah, some good I results from that, from that DraftKings prize pool. Lots to look forward to with that. Looking for someone solid to win. We're curious. I'm curious who's going to win. I don't know. None of the points get Aiden added Hill's up until the end. Sh- so Aiden Hill's going to get two shutouts and win the con smite that I'm going to win. I like that. That'd be wild. I just two hope zero, come, come this time next zero, week we're still talking games. about the game. Yeah, me too. The <laughs> Extend this, Florida. Come on. Stanley Cup Finals. We're bound to see some crazy stuff happen. It's going to be a good wrap. I up don't think. Series. I don't. I don't think this ends in a sweep. Put it that way. Do you see any value in Panthers series win? I don't. I do. Hundred percent. I see value. Wait, what? What's the line? I got for you a second. I, I put it on our breaking news yesterday. Tune into our socials if you don't see that. But it was uh, like plus four hundred. Plus four hundred, yeah. Yeah, I definitely see value in it. I think that's the best you'll get it at if you re- if you ever want to buy in on it. Yeah, I think you'll get a better price at three one going back. I don't to think Vegas. I don't think you want to take it at three one. Is what I'm I saying. think Mackey's three U play from two from game two is going to be carried over to game three. This game, I'll three you with you this time, Mackey. If you want to take, oh, I don't think home. I'm doing. I don't think I could ever throw three units on this team again. Really? I mean, I think Dude, that was, Huff, that was Huff's terrible. even saying Huff, Mister Vegas Golden Knight himself, Mister. I got something in my drink in Vegas. <laughs> Turned into a Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marsh so stand. Um, even he's saying the Panthers win Game Three. I that means I'm I'm riding it. I, I like the Panthers at home. They got to get one. Like how fired up are the boys going to be? Going to be a good one. Yeah, I do. I do. I am leaning Florida in Game Three for sure. It'll be interesting. Game Three, pivotal game in the series for the Florida Panthers. If they want, I'd like to it to go to overtime. It. Give me a little overtime game so my prize pool can get some fucking action. We'll see. All righty. Let's shift our focus over to the NBA. I have some breaking news here from today. Chris Paul has been released by the Phoenix Suns, making him a free agent this summer. Paul stated that he intends on playing a few more years and prefers to sign with the contender. So we uh, we got a plan on seeing Chris Paul pop up somewhere, but where do you guys see him ending up? I personally don't think he should play a few more years. I think maybe one at best. Uh, maybe go a year-by-year situation at this point of his career. I don't think he has too much left in the tank. That's uh, just me, but I don't know. The the spots that I said, I feel like he's just going to ease it. I mean, it's Chris Paul. He's just ring-chasing at this point. So, like, Milwaukee, Philly, any of these big-time teams that kind of have a gap at a guard position. But I don't know. Like, he's not going to come in and be a top-of-the-roll, you know what I mean, top point guard. Like, he couldn't did, didn't get the job done with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Phoenix. Obviously, KD just got there, but... I mean, the list goes on and on with Chris Paul. I mean, Mackey, I'll let you kind of take over. I know your opinion on him. Mackey just said retirement home. Let it be known when we asked this question I, earlier today. I just, I don't, I don't like Chris Paul. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because he's really short. Um, 
he 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 ring he is ring chasing 100 percent. that's why he went to the suns and he didn't get it done this year and they literally just said you're done you don't have any more chances 2019 they they had a parade for a western conference finals championship like okay relax and then they, and they got beat like 4-1 in the championship but uh I just, uh, yeah, send him out of the league. You know, Saudi Arabia is trying to get in the NBA now, too. So send him over to Saudi Arabia. Give him $100 million. You don't think, he, you don't think he'd rather go play with Dwight Howard? <laughs> oh, he can do that, too. I don't think he'll be making the money that those uh, those Saudis will give you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I still, I'm not a big Chris Paul fan like yourself, but I still think he has a big place in this league. Um, gets buckets, uh, helps move the ball around. Veteran experience. He's been in the playoffs a lot. Um, a lot of teams out there are looking for something like this, especially if he can play the right role for you. I mean, why wouldn't you take the chance on him? I think someone He's a like loser. The, the Philadelphia 76ers come to mind, Huff. I thought that was a good place landing spot for him. Maybe someone like the Cleveland Cavaliers, a young team on the come up that needs some guidance. That's kind of just right there. Um, New York Knicks come to mind too. But how about this? What if he went back to the LA Clippers? Be interesting. That's I don't know if it would work, but they just lose again. Yeah, second round exit again. First he's round the type exit. Of guy, like after he retires, he's gonna talk so much about how that trade got vetoed in LA that one year. Oh, like, that oh. is so crazy though. <laughs> that is had, so crazy. We would have had three championships, four, maybe even five. Yeah, that's, no, bro, you would have found a way to fuck it up every time, like you do every time. Nah, him and Kobe <laughs> in his prime would have been electric. It wasn't Kobe's prime, dude. It was. Tw- it wasn't it like 2013. It was right yeah, after he won a championship, isn't it? He won a cha- his last championship was 2010. I don't think it was that late. I thought it was like right after he won. I think oh, it was 2011, the year the trade was supposed to go down. Yeah, okay, like, I thought they won and they were going to start different. rolling. Yeah, but then wasn't it like Steve Nash and like Dwight Howard too? Dwight Howard was ass at that point. No, that, no, was, that, was, that was a long the, time The year after, after was, like was when they went to get Dwight. Yeah, and Dwight just went to shit in a way. I love Dwight Howard the first was my favorite. The first time. He won a ring the second time. Remember that. Dwight yeah. Howard was a, yeah, it was the second time, yeah, but you you know, you're playing a massive uh bench role on that one. Big role though, remember that run? He had a good role there. He didn't, yeah, he, he was he good. Decent, he had a decent role. Off the yeah. bench? That's yeah, how they beat the Warriors, right? You know, when you when you're gonna think of Dwight Howard, you're gonna think of two thousand nine in, in Orlando. You're not gonna think of oh, we won a championship with uh LeBron and A D. No, you're not wrong, but he'll definitely think of that. Right about that. But yeah, Chris Paul, interesting to see him get waived, though. I mean, if he was under contract, wouldn't you think you'd try to move him? But big deal, I think. Too much money on the table. Just let him go. Uh, they weren't clearly weren't winning with him, so they can bring it up. I think Phoenix needs a younger guy, and Chris Paul needs to go somewhere where he can be that mentor. Maybe so a, Kyle, think- a Kyle Lowry-type role for the Cavaliers. Who do you think um, is going to take his role? Unsure. I mean, that's that's... T- to be seen, but there's there's someone young that could come out and play in that Dame. spot. I th- no, not, I don't think they're going old there. I don't think you need another superstar on that team. The team's not also not the youngest. No, they got to build their depth around uh, KD and Booker, in my opinion. I'd be, I would be, su- I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Ayton's on his way out as well. No, nah, their coach has been only said high things about them. That, I was uh, gonna say they've been they've been big on him because that was the one talk. Was he is he the next? Is he on the way out this off season? If he didn't do good these playoffs, and obviously he didn't have a good playoff, so there was a lot of people bringing that up. But it's it's Frank Vogel, isn't it? He's, he's yeah. I don't I don't like that. I don't like he, that hire. You go from was it Monty Williams to Frank Vogel to downgrade in my like, opinion. I don't like the hire either. But he was saying how DeAndre in. He's going to be one of the best centers in the league this year, so I don't think they're going to ship him. 
I do mm-hmm. like that theory, though. I mean, obviously not a big fan of Vogel as a coach. I mean, regardless of his accolades, but he does get those bigs involved well, so that might be beneficial for Aiton, who was what a number one pick, number two pick, lottery pick to say the least. He was fourth, I think. Oh no, he was he was first overall, I think. Yeah, but I I just I DeAndre Aiton. Interesting to see though. This I'm sure we'll follow this throughout the summer. I'm I'm guessing there's a good market, a lot of suitors for Chris Paul. Very curious to see where Chris Paul ends up after the Phoenix Suns released him today, I believe, yeah, here on Wednesday. Let's jump into this NBA final. The Denver Nuggets defeated the Miami Heat 104-93 to take a 1-0 series lead in the final. Jokic had a triple-double in the Game 1 win. The Heat then responded in Game 2 as an 8.5-point underdog, winning Game 2 outright by a score of 111-108. to Series now is now tied one to one, heading back to South Beach. As Miami now owns home court in the series. Game three here tonight, as we are recording game four on Friday. Where do we see this series ending up here? One one going into game three in Miami. What do you think, Ace? This Miami Heat team, dude. What what a different type of team, especially in today's NBA. Like we were just talking about the Suns. That's a super team, and that's what they they revolve around. Like most of the NBA. This Miami Heat team, we've been talking about it the whole time, is just old school basketball, depth, coaching, like culture, like Hoff said before. I mean, it's it's incredible to watch. And uh, I honestly didn't think they had a ch- too much of a chance to. I took them to win the series more so on the value than actually believing it. But it's crazy that they're right there. Now they're going back home with a best of five and they have the advantage. Yeah, and obviously I like the, I like them to win Game Three tonight. Uh, obviously, three point underdog. I mean, it's kind of a it's a pretty close line. A lot of money on Denver. I'm definitely riding with them or Miami to take a two one series lead, and then uh, I think we're gonna have an interesting interesting uh, Game Four situation. Um, I, I do think they go back to Denver Game Five uh, two two, uh, evened up. Gonna be a best of three. Denver will get the home court back. Um, as far as the series pick, this is this is a very interesting finals and in how it's worked out. Obviously, the way Denver won Game One, it looked like they were kind of going to dominate in Game Two and continue that. And the Heat just love to stick around in games. Once they get down ten to twelve points late in the late in the third or four, early in the fourth quarter, they are never out of these games. Like Ace said, the coaching, the team, the culture, the way they play—it's truly just team basketball. And the way they get back in these games so fast, and they'll go on these runs—a seventeen to four run, an eighteen to five run—that it puts them right back in a game as an eight and a half point underdog. I said it last week. When you're getting this team at plus three hundred money line in Denver, there's value every single time. And I said I was probably going to take it one of the games in Denver. I didn't, um, but I, I said it was definitely worth it, and I wish I did because you could have taken them both, and you still won about over one point eight units. I think if you took them both, but um, I mean, still crazy, but like I said, I think it goes back to Denver for game five, uh, tied two, two, uh, Ace, uh, I'm interested to see what you think. How, obviously I think we're all on the heat tonight, but how you think the rest of the series is going to go? Yeah, no, uh, I'll kick it over to Mackie shortly, but I just want to jump in, give a few points. You've been having some success betting the series game by game, which is kind of what we said with both these final rounds, um, in the Stanley cup and the NBA finals. And you hit on that large spread with the Denver Nuggets in game one. Didn't play anything game two, probably because you were scared about those Miami Heat doing what they just did. And now you're jumping on the do- the dog, even though they're at home, which I like a lot. Um, I think this team basketball that we're speaking about really speaks volume to the way this team's put together. 
Um, the depth has been shining throughout the playoffs. Last year's was Caleb Martin. Game two, it was Max Strews. I mean, there's guys throughout the lineup. Duncan Robinson could do the same exact thing. The way they shoot the ball is great on the outside. Size on defense. They have legs, too. Uh, can play both in and out. Um, Bam Adebayo really stepping up, too. We've kind of uh, tooted his horn a bit throughout this playoff run, but he's one of the top centers in the NBA, and he's proving it once again. Tough task. Tall, tall task. I mean, kind of getting bullied by Jokic, but who doesn't? But he's still having an impact on the game, and that's why it's a tied series going back to Miami. He really is holding his own in there with Jokic. He, he, you know, watching Jokic play is actually phenomenal. I love watching him play. I think he's doing some things that I've only seen out of 2018 LeBron. But uh, these role players from Miami, out of control. Gabe Vincent, highest score in, in, on the score sheet last game. Um, I think it was 27 points. These guys are hitting. These guys are hitting threes like it's nothing. Uh, Duncan Robinson, obviously, three massive threes in a matter of like two and a half minutes. I think last game. Um, these runs that these that, that that this team goes on, they're just they can't be stopped. And even a timeout, they come out and they still have the same amount of energy. Um, like you said, this culture, this heat culture that they have is just absolutely something we've never seen before. Because um, there's a thousand, I think there's probably ten teams in the league that are better than them this year. But you see them here because they have the most heart. They work they work the best together and they want it. They're they're coached very well. So uh, they're sitting here one one coming home. Uh, playing game three at home as they're still three-point underdogs. I don't know how you can't see the value on this team and just take it. Um, they got that dog in them. They really do. And I know they're playing the best player in the world, but uh, the Nuggets are struggling right now. They have a lot going on in that locker room. So, um, Gabe Vincent, like you, like you said, he's been massive, dude. Dude, all of them. Caleb Martin, Max Struss, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. These guys are just playing out of their mind. It's insane. And Jimmy Butler and Ben Adebayo are just doing what they need to do. I think tonight, together. I think tonight's the game we get the Jimmy Butler game. I heard someone today say uh, the Himmy hasn't hymned yet, and I'm like, okay, I kind of, <laughs> I like that. He's, I could talk myself into Jimmy going off and having a, a classic Jimmy Butler 30 point performance. But I like the, I, if the Heat are going to win this game. Obviously, you said it. All the role players need to do what they've been doing. But I think this is the game Jimmy goes off at home. Game three. Yeah, I saw I, something. I can see that too. That, I saw something that was like um, his first nine games of the playoffs. He averaged like 34 points a game. And his last time, he averaged like 22. And uh, that ninth game was when um, Josh Hart stepped on his ankle. So it's definitely his ankle's bothering him. You got to know he's injured. he's injured right now. So I wouldn't count on him just going off any game. But, you know, he he, he can at any point in any moment. He can go on a 10-0 run by himself and pop off for 40 points whenever he wants. So, uh yeah, we're all waiting for it, so it's going to be a really good game tonight. I saw, I saw the reason I said 30, I saw he was plus 240 to put up 30 tonight. I'm like, kind of like that. Dude, he's averaging 17 points in the finals right now. I know. Yeah, that, I just think that coming speaks, home. Speaks to the depth. I th- I like that Gabe Vincent play that Mackie was talking about. He had an impact on that Celtics series. We saw the Celtics kind of fight back when he was out with that injury. The thing is, he's their true slasher on the team. He can get to the basket. He's quick. All those other guys are big on the outside. They bang a lot of threes. I know Kyle Lowry's uh used to be like that, but he's really showing his explosiveness. Um, I'd like to talk about the Denver Nuggets for a second, though. I mean, heavy favorites to still win the series, um, led by Nikola Jokic, odds-on MVP favorite. Um, what makes you think that they don't go into Miami and take both of them as they should? Yeah, and obviously there's, I mean, good reason to think that. Like, I, I just think, I don't know, a three-point underdog, I said, Denver coming back. I, I just feel like, like Mackie said, this team is too good to be, I, they're not, 
they shouldn't be favored in this game. That's for sure. They should be the underdog. Like I think we all agree on that, but I just think there's too much value, even at plus 135, to get this team as an underdog at home. I, I don't really agree. I don't think that they should really be an underdog. I just think that, you know, you make this line even, and you're, it's, it's just way too much value for Denver betters, I think. But I, 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 don't, I don't see why a team like Miami, who has one playoff loss at home this entire postseason, should be underdogs in the NBA Finals the way that they're playing, especially after stealing one on the road. This is, this is the chance that Vegas is giving Miami. To, if Vegas wins or if Miami wins this game, I think it's a one point spread in game four. All righty, let's jump over to the NFL. The NFL is investigating Indianapolis Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers for possible violations of the league's gambling policy. Sportsbook account was opened under the name of an associate of Rogers. Sources said. Approximately 100 bets were placed on the account over an undisclosed amount of time, including on Colts games. Source said most of the bets were in the $25 to $50 range, although there was at least one low four-figure bet. Rogers, a six-round pick, is entering his final year of a four-year, or $3.4 million contract with the Colts. What do you guys think about this one? Another player here, you know, going under. Yeah, I think uh, I think Calvin. I think they can all thank Calvin Ridley for this one because. Uh, this ever since that happened, it just seems like they're starting to get one or two guys every couple months, and just I mean, you know, it's happening more than what they've already busted and what they've already found. But I mean, I don't know. It's it, he's not like a huge name, but I'm surprised to see that big of a contract for him. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens to this. They're definitely going to get more people. I mean, there's only a matter of time. Yeah, they're they're cracking down on this. I've actually never heard of this guy before, but uh. $25 units? Come on, man. You make a million dollars a year. I throw 20, more than $25 units. Yeah, I mean, I we probably, we, the only reason I've known this guy is because I play Madden, kind of alluding to Jesse's next point, but I mean, he's one of those guys you get because he's like young, super fast, like 92 speed, and uh, he's got that deal like three and a half million, so it's like, yeah, we'll take him and let him play in our depth secondary, but in real life, he's not too big of a name. Tough scene for the they're kid. Keep get, they're scene. definitely going to keep getting guys. I, I wonder how they track that back. Like, how can you prove that he's making those bets? Yeah, deposits into accounts. Eventually, probably just deposits and like money trace. Yeah, eventually, probably just gets like sick of sending him the money and just deposits it himself or something. The Venmo description is could be a important. could be an is address. DraftKings an address. An address the winnings are being sent to, or an address the accounts associated with is owned by him, and that's how they cracked on it. Yeah, yeah if you're gonna do it, come on, man, be a little smarter. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, just go to the casino and put it in yourself and grab the ticket. That they, that way, they can't track it. Except for cameras. Yeah. No, yeah, but have someone else just do that for you. Just don't do anything mobile. I mean, yeah, you you definitely have a better chance doing the way you just said. Hey, so you've thought about this a lot, haven't you? Yeah, because when I go to the NHL, that's what I'm going to do. I was going to say, hey, you're preparing for something? You've been yeah. training? Your year 28 season? Yeah. <laughs> Never too late. Never too late. I got another point here that Ace alluded to. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen was named the cover athlete for Madden 24, releasing here in August of 2023. 
So pretty big news there. Uh, Ace, what do you got on this one? I got to do a slow clap like Mackie there because that means that the Bills are going to get the Madden curse. Um, can't wait to see the Josh Allen wagon go down in flames. Uh, poverty you franchise. Um, yeah, you they're going to come in third or fourth a, in the division. You don't need a Madden curse in the Bills. They don't win anyway. Yeah, but maybe a Madden curse in the regular season will help out. Let the let the Patriots and the Dolphins make the playoffs. That joke of a franchise, the New York Jets, is still going to be in the bottom of the barrel. And the Buffalo Bills let too many of their depth pieces go um, to retain their success, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I was kind of surprised that I kind of thought for some reason I knew they were waiting for uh, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow cover, but I thought after the the NFC Championship last year, I thought they were going to go with the Jalen Hurts cover. Yeah, I know. And Josh Allen didn't he lead the league in turnovers last year. Didn't have yeah. his best year. He has the most since like 2019. Hey, some yeah, blanking. Who's on the cover last year? Uh, last year was oof, that's a good question. I don't even know because they don't sell the games anymore. You have to buy them digitally. Yeah, like it doesn't stick in my head as much. It also rotates. They they change. They update the they update the cover athlete. Jesse, from, Jesse, can you look up Madden 20 through 23 the covers? Patrick Mahomes has been on. I know that. Um, Mahomes yeah. was 19. Or no, I mean, AB Josh was Allen, 19. 20, Mahomes was 20. 20. Brady. AB the goat, with the Steelers the was 19. That was a the, sick the cover. Goat, I love that. The one. GOAT edition, Brady. Madden 23 was uh, John Madden. It was oh, the yeah. All okay, Madden. Okay, yeah. That, okay, it wasn't a player. That 22 was the MVP edition with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. The GOAT edition. Oh, that one was cool. I hate when they do two people, though. It's such a cop out. 21's MVP edition with Lamar Jackson. Hmm. 20 is a superstar edition with Pat Mahomes again. Uh, 19 AB. 19 AB. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we're hating on Josh Allen pretty heavily here. He's clear cut two or three top three quarterback in the NFL, though. When you when it all comes down to it, bias aside everywhere, it's it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Barr, and Josh Allen's league. Um, That's just the way it is. Obviously, a lot of people have differing opinions on how they play out, but. You can see it. He does it with his arms. He does it with his legs. He can throw it 60 miles. He trucks people over. Um, yeah, well-deserved. I'm just glad yeah, I don't he, have to buy a Madden video game with Joe Burrow on the cover. That's all I'm happy about. I, I respect Josh Allen, but he's, he's not top two. I'll get, I, I'd probably put him at three. Yeah, for sure. Those three are I really, I really thought it was going to be Jalen Hurts. You didn't think it was going to be Deshaun Watson? Do you see the Madden 24 charges? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> the char- it was extra like charges of, edition. It was him in a suit in front of a courthouse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, that's a good cover. We saw that picture, the, the deluxe edition, him in the in the crowd. That's that's a sick picture. Yeah, it's definitely fresh for sure. But I never really get the deluxe editions because I'm not a big ultimate team guy. So Agreed. just get the basic boy. Yeah, and like I said, you don't even get the hard co- hard case anymore. So what's the point of even doing a Madden? I cover? do. I do still have the disc on my PlayStation. And I still buy the physical games when I can. You know what I, I miss is the days of uh, when you got a game and you pre-ordered and you got something with it. NBA Two K. I got that Kobe painting up from when from pre-ordering it. That's 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 sick. And isn't it? So, I remember the, Isn't it so funny that with the digital games, there's still people pre-ordering them? Yeah, it's nuts for no reason. Uh, you're not going to get the access. No, they get early, early access. access. Yes, but you can still buy it like a day before the early access. Yeah, as a pre-order. Doesn't make sense you know, to me. Like, you know, it was great when there was special benefits. Like you got like the GTA game. You got the huge map in it. Like 
Yeah, like DLC maps, stuff. Yeah, exactly. like credits, anything. Now they just get like mutt packs and hut packs for pre-ordering it. You get an email of 10 codes. You gotta decipher what does what. Uh, it's exciting to the Fortnite generation. So, for real, right? Alrighty, boys. Lots of good stuff there in the NFL. That Madden video game coming out August 2023, but let's jump into the MLB this week. First, we have our power rankings for this past week, the week of June 6th. At number five, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number four, the Houston Astros. Number three, the Baltimore Orioles. Number two, the Texas Rangers. And coming in at number one yet again, the Tampa Bay Rays. Slightly different. Yeah, a little bit. Slightly different there on the order this week. But you guys got any comments on that one? What a week for Mackie to wear a Braves hat. (laughs) Yeah, first, first week out, right? Yeah, first week out. Um... Yeah, the uh, the Rays are holding steady, man. I mean, I thought they would fall off a little by now, but uh, no, they're holding that one spot. They have no reason not to not be there. So um, that team's team's really rolling. And obviously, the Rangers and the Orioles have been wagons as well. Two teams out of the top, out of the NL East, um, or AL East, I should say. Um, obviously, the best division in baseball. Ace is kind of suffering down there with a winning record in fifth place, so, but uh, still overachieving. <laughs> yeah, but uh, those Yankees right outside. Right outside the top five, and I'd say those D-backs as well. I think those are the two teams that uh, just missed it. But uh, How yeah, good is that five. Rangers team? I mean, every night I look at the scoreboard, it's a crooked number. Dude, That, that it's the batting. It's the hitting. They they hit the ball so well. 16 runs one night, 8 runs the next. Like Even 8 runs is is really good. And they put, it, they put up 8 runs after 16, and it looks like nothing. But that team can hit the ball. Yeah, they they were put together well last year. Kind of uh, took a little while to adjust, and now they're really coming into their own. That lineup hitting one through nine, everybody contributing. Um, it's great to see. Lo- like watching those Texas Rangers. Been there once. Pretty cool stadium down in Arlington. Yeah, it's fun baseball. Scherzer's dealing. Next point I got here in the MLB: Jacob Degrom will have surgery to repair a tear in his right ulnar lateral ligament also known as tommy john surgery cutting short his first season with the american league west leading texas rangers after signing a five-year 185 million dollar deal this past offseason big loss there for the rangers with uh degrom and the tommy john surgery any comments on that one i i feel for him man this sucks i mean i'm happy the rangers got or the the mets got rid of him because obviously you don't want to pay this guy all the money for him to go on Tommy go on the IL for uh, the entire year, but this sucks. I mean, he 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 could have been maybe the best pitcher of all time. He was the he for the, for three years there. He was definitely the most dominant pitcher of all time. Um, and it, it sucks because you know when you're throwing 100 miles per hour every fifth day, um, for 162 games, I mean some things are gonna go wrong. So, um, I mean it was cool while it lasted, but he's I don't think he'll ever be the same. Yeah, I mean, Mackie, you can probably speak on that better than anybody. Just disappointment with those injury concerns. But those Rangers are going to keep rolling regardless. Nate Eovaldi's turned into that ace that they desperately needed. So uh, what, a, what a turnout he's been for them. Heaney's um, been good as well for them, too. Their rotation stepped it right up. Michael Perez has been great, too. They've, I mean, that team, I mean, they're getting run support through the roof. So really, me and you could fucking pitch, probably, and they're going to put up 12 runs. But... I mean, I don't know. They're the rotation that they're getting. Is it my? Yeah, I knew. I thought I fucked that up, but 
Um, I don't know. They're they're like you said, when you lose a guy like DeGrom that you pay $185 million to and you're expecting to come in and be this, you know, your top guy, they're I mean, they're they're not showing any signs of slowing down. No, not at all. But you gotta feel for Jacob DeGrom, such a great pitcher, one of the best arms in the league, but clearly not one of the best arms to have on your body. I was gonna say you look at the injury report, that says otherwise. <laughs> Dude, imagine they had him. They're 40 and 20 right now without the best pitcher in the world. You think uh, these Rangers can hold on and keep that division and steal it away from the Astros? Definitely. No. I think the Astros are struggling this year. I don't really think they're as good as they've been in past years. Um, they've been a little Rangers dinged team, up. They've been dinged this, up. This Rangers team, I think, is just simply better. I'm not going to lie. I just put a, I was putting together a little futures parlay the other day, and I got the Astros plus 400 to win the AL. Yeah, I, I like I like that Astros team. So, like... Mm-hmm. Jordan like Alvarez playoffs. is one of the best players in the in the to league. win the American League. Yes. Yeah, I I think that that's a better bet than than for them to win the uh, AL division. West. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong, Mac, because you get a little bit of leeway of just getting in, and once they're there, we know how good they can once be. Once they're once they're there, you know how good they can be. Exactly, and they'll you, we know they'll be there. Yeah, it's kind of a boat race with the Rangers right now, though. They might have one of those crazy seasons where they put up one ten plus. Yeah. Astros gonna win hundred games and still not win the division. Yeah, but you don't want to see Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve come playoff time. Framber Valdez. He's going to have a Cy Young. Um, He's a Cy Young, Young candidate for sure. Yeah, exactly. Tough one there for the Rangers and DeGrom. So hopefully a quick recovery throughout this season here for him. Next point I have here is one of the MLB's top prospects. I'm going to mess this up. L.A. De La Cruz made his highly anticipated debut on Tuesday for the Reds. His debut was highlighted by a 112-mile-per-hour double. He crushed a center field in the Reds' comeback win over the Dodgers. He joins a very young lineup that is flexing its muscles as of late this season. Can this team make some noise in the NL as we uh, dive deeper and deeper into this season? Cincinnati Reds, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm so hyped to watch him play. I know just tonight while we're recording, he crushed that home run, Mackie. What'd you say? 400? How far? How far? 458, I think. 458. I mean, Which the way he hits in- the balls. Insane. Even when he was a prospect, though, number four prospect in the MLB system, um, even in the minor leagues, he was crushing balls at that high hit rate. So you know it was going to translate over to the MLB. But I love that lineup. They have protection around him, too. He's a left boy, he's a switch hitter, which is crazy to me. But. Um, guys like Matt McLean, rookie shortstop, been going off lately. Jonathan India, that second baseman, he's very good. Um, Stevenson, their catcher. They have Jake Fraley. They have a lot of other guys in their system, too. They have another first baseman power hitter that's on their way up. Their prospect pulls deep, but they just got to figure out that pitching. Got a few guys showing some life, but um, in one of the weaker divisions in the league, I think give them a year or two and they might be uh, contending for the division. Not this year, though. No, no, no pitching, but they can hit the ball. They put up runs every night. Uh, look at those overs when they're playing, for sure. Exciting team to watch right now. Exciting win the other night over the Dodgers, that 9-8 comeback. They were up 8-3. I don't, I don't know if you guys happen to check that one out. Right now, they're in another high-scoring matchup with the Dodgers, 6-3 currently, but they can hit the ball. Yeah, solid stuff there from a young uh, Reds roster. Lots to look forward to as we get deeper into the season, like I said. Next point is Luis Arez batting 401 average and Marcus Seaman, Semien, sorry. 
This is pause. I can't speak for Jack. Pause. <laughs> Alexander Seaman. Yeah, shout out him. Fuck him, music album. Marcus Semyon, 25 with a 25 game hit streak so far this year, has us wondering which feat is more impressive. Batting that point, uh, you know, over a 400 average over the full season or a 56 game hit streak if he continues, you know, going on this streak. Definitely batting 401, in my opinion. That's absolutely incredible. The, the long, dude, if, if you're batting over 400 and you go three for five, you're lowering your average. That's no, that's know, wrong. That's two, wrong. Two for five. Two for yeah. five. Yeah. You go well, no, you're not. You're not lowering, lowering it. You're not lowering it two for five either. You're keeping it the same. No, if it's over four hundred, I said. Yeah, two for five is four hundred. Yeah. Exactly. So you're lowering it, which is insane. You bet. You go two for five. That's that's a good game. Yeah, you're not wrong. To to do that over a hundred and sixty two game season, I think that's absolutely incredible. Obviously, I don't think he's going to do this for hundred and sixty two games, but he'll definitely finish high threes, which is gonna, which is still pretty impressive. Yeah, first ballot all-star, in my opinion. Should get that start for the National League at second base. And really, Mike, you were talking about it before the episode, sparking that Marlins team, and they've been winning a lot of games, um, surprising a lot of people. What's crazy to me is on paper, he doesn't have much protection around them. So um, I don't know why you would even pitch to him that much. But Jorge Soler, Brian De La Cruz, brother of Ellie, who just made his debut, these guys have been playing good baseball. They've been mashing, and that's probably contributed to some of the success areas is having. And remember the price they paid to get Arias. They gave up Pablo Lopez, one of the best young arms in the league, to the Twins. He just said that batting title last year, too, Arias, I believe, yeah. for the Twins. Yeah. All righty, a couple more points here in the MLB. After a 22-year career, Albert Pujols is joining the league office as a special assistant to the commissioner. He's also the newest MLB network and analyst Congrats, Albert. One of four players with 700 career home runs, so just a continuation of his already mon monumental career. Great stuff yeah, there. The Red, What's that? The Reds just tied it up. Wow. Yeah, they, can mash. they can mash. They can't pitch. I got one more point here, which is a uh, rather not-so-great one. Multiple MLB games have been postponed due to the poor air quality stemming from the Canadian wildfires. For everyone's sake, we hope this clears up sooner rather than later. Uh, as much as uh, flights going into all the New York and New Jersey airports have been having delays, diversions, all different sorts of things. So these wildfires are definitely causing some commotion in the northeastern United States. Uh, I know Mackie and Ace both said that the clouds and the air is just foggy as hell, which is crazy to think about. Me and Huff only just, you know, five, four and a half, five hours south of Mackie. Nothing. I don't see anything. I don't know about you. Yeah, Austin. I don't see sh nothing. You got to be nothing. happy the wind's blowing that way east, huh? But, uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, reminiscent of what California goes through quite often. So, East Coast really dealing with that. Hate to see it. Even saw the Phillies game get postponed today, which is crazy to me because it's so far south. But um, Not south, but compared to Canada. Um, it's, it's crazy to see it. Hopefully, they can get that doubleheader in tomorrow for both those teams. Huff, oh, we got to get our boy Brady on these wildfires. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, that just about wraps up everything we have for the MLB this week. We have some news across some other uh, sport leagues, the golf and soccer to be specific. Let's start off with golf and a shocking and historic move. The PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and the Saudi Arabia's public investment funds, Live Golf, 
have agreed to a merger that will see the PIF golf, the PIF's golf-related business, Live Golf, combined with the other tours in what is being described as a new collectively owned for-profit entity to ensure that all stakeholders benefit from a model that benefits maximum excitement and competition among the game's best players. The direct quote there from ESPN will be completely new golf tour, new board directors, and I'm reading that the PGA Tour is holding a majority share in this, so we'll have majority in all the decision-making and such. So I don't think we're going to fray too far from, you know, little bits and pieces of adding to the tour from what Liv's done right and all that stuff, but I'm not sure what to think of this. Lots of money being thrown around, but it's all good for the game of golf, I think, but I think some players are a little upset by it. I think I think the ultimate loser, all those guys that we've seen the graphics that missed out on the hundred million, three hundred million, Rory four hundred million, and obviously Rory, uh, he was kind of the main player that was obviously going to stay back, and obviously Tiger. But we know what his situation's been the past couple of years. But Tiger was very, or Rory was very vocal about not being a part of that, not going, not going to live, staying with the tour. Um, and then obviously the ultimate loser in all this is the the commissioner of the PGA, Jay Monahan, or whatever his name is, and. He was comparing the live tour to like 9-11 and all this stuff. And then he goes in and just does business with them behind everyone's backs, cuts away, you know, $300 million for or, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, $100 million for uh, Will Zalatoris and all these other guys that missed out on hundreds of millions of dollars. And now they cut right in the back door and do business with them. So not a good look for them. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because the one thing that I had to take away from this, and I'm like, this is literally like – if the XFL and the NFL, like if the NFL felt threatened by the XFL and they truly were like, we need to merge with them or we're not going to have a product that is, we're not going to get players. They're just going to keep buying guys. Like I heard this, the rumor that I heard is the, why this picked up ground so fast. I mean, who knows how much this was in the works over the past couple of weeks, months, who knows how long, but I heard they thought PGA was fearing that they were going to give, John Rom and or Scheffler, just whatever amount of money it took, and then who the fuck was going to be left on tour? Rory by himself. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I I I think it's an interesting look. Bad look for for the PGA Tour that for everyone that talked down on it. And now they're doing doing business with them. But I think, like you said, now we get all the guys back on one on one course and uh, for all these events. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Get some. Get some news in the game of golf, that's for sure, because usually something we're not talking about week in and week out. Yeah, you like to see this type of, this type of thing on the on the front page of Sports Center. Um, yeah, I just think that what's his name, Jay Monahan or whatever. Yeah, Jay, I think in, it's Jay Monahan. I think he just gave into a lot of bullshit that he said that he wasn't gonna do. Um, I I feel bad. I mean, not not so much Tiger because I don't think Tiger ever would have done it regardless. But I feel bad for like Colin Morikawa and like. Um, Will Zalatoris turning down a hundred million dollar deals just to end up being in the same position that they are now. Um, LIV got what they wanted, and it, I mean it, it worked out. Yeah, them, take least. the money. But that's that's incredible. I can't. That that was a uh, that was definitely something that I don't think many people saw coming. No, that was definitely pretty shocking when I saw that. I was like, holy shit! I was I felt like that was so fast, like. This just, just I, oh, not even a year ago. Twenty twenty one is like, when they established. Yeah, but like they started getting big, like like last right. year. I think all the signings were. That's insane. 
Money talks. For sure, yeah. Definitely a lot to look forward to in this uh, whole golf merger. Some of these events might get real fun and wild versus, you know, the normal PGA we're used to. So I think we're going to have a big variety and a lot of more competitiveness on the course and in the television realm as well. So I got another point here. The soccer superstar and FIFA world champion Lionel Messi has informed MLS club Inter Miami that he'll be joining the club. Massive move for the MLS as they land one of the most, if not the biggest names in recent soccer history. Um, I saw a clip from Pat McAfee show today. He was saying the, this is blowing my mind. Regular price for an Inter Miami ticket before this was $29. Now they're up to $329 and they actually have halted all ticket sales due to an influx on their website, which is, from a business perspective, is just a, you feel like an idiot doing that, but it, there's always a good reason behind it, in my opinion. But what do, yeah, you, what do you guys we, think? We, I mean, we've seen the LeBron effect where he, wherever he goes, the tickets, the Brady effect, and when he just left Tampa Bay, the difference. But Messi, that's that's world class, and we've, something we've never seen in the United States, and obviously down there in Miami, big soccer, obviously huge sports town. Just Miami just keeps winning in all these sports. Hockey, they're in the cup. The or basketball, they're in the finals. Football, they got a good team. Miami Marlins are a good team, and now they get fucking Lionel Messi for their MLS team. So Miami's just a real champion in all this. But um, I think, yeah, the, the Lionel Messi effect, the, the effect for these big-time soccer players is real because I do think soccer is growing in the United States, and I, I think the MLS is on its way up for sure. Yeah, I think uh, what I'm going to have to do is catch Lionel Messi on the road. Um, that's going to be the best way to see him, but excited to see this for sure. You always see these European stars come over to the MLS and really get that bag and uh, do whatever they want in these leagues. Definitely see some good highlights coming out of it, and I'm sure that Amer it's only going to help grow the game of soccer in America as fans flock to watch one of the best players of all time. Yeah, this is what the first time we've ever talked about soccer on this podcast, so... Shout out soccer for making its way on to hit the books. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, not even and as a big soccer guy, but you got to remember, uh, David Beckham did this. Zlatan Ibrahimovic did this. A lot Ibrahimovic of big names did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of Ibrahimovic guy. I don't like him. But like, it's it's the right move. It shows the MLS is growing. Soccer is growing as a whole in America, and hopefully, it can inspire the USA to become a Dude, relevant not, team come I, World Cup time. I don't think the MLS will ever be like one of those Euro leagues. No, 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 no. But it'll be they better than fan it is over here. It, it will get compet. It will get good. It will get good, though. I do have faith in it. I think it has been on its way up for the past couple of years, and I think like stuff like this, like they're not they're not continuously looking for these old retired guys. Obviously, Messi got a stake in the team, so that's like half of the reason that he came here. But um, I don't know. I think that I think they can keep getting guys to come back to the United States for sure. Because the I mean, the local talent, Canadian talent, like I mean. I guess like we didn't grow up playing soccer, like so like there's not huge soccer teams here. So like I feel like your dream is like go play for Manchester City, go play for Real Madrid, all these crazy teams over in Europe. But like if the MLS, I mean if these ki if these kids start to stay here, if the MLS gets some legit money, kind of like what the fucking PGA Tour is doing, you know what I mean? They're finally gonna start paying their guys to not leave. I mean, if they get the money that these European teams have, I mean I don't see why not. Like Might if it turns in, and be like the game's growing here as it is. So just that's what just I mean. I do think the MLS, uh, like, dude, I see Addison's story all the time at those Columbus Crew games. Those look fun as shit. That place is fucking packed. Yeah, I mean, not so much for the New England Revolution, um, but they also play out of Gillette, so it's it's tough to fill that comparatively. 
Yeah, true. See, that, that's like that. That hurts the team. They shouldn't play somewhere that big. It shouldn't look empty. Like Huff. Yeah, are the, I, I are agree the, with you. Are the Riverhounds MLS? No, they're not. No, they're not on MLS. Uh, were they USA USL? No. Yeah, they're one of those. No, they're, 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 they're actually Riverhounds. Says, I mean, they're on the MLS website. I think we got NYCFC. Maybe I don't not. think they're like MLS. And near they, Red they might have It could be us. It could be like League Two or something like that, though. Yeah, it probably is something weird. They're, they're not like MLS. I'll tell you that. You're right. It is USL. They changed. Because MLS is like New York Red Bulls, Inter, Mi- yep. Inter Miami. So I was going to say Portland Timbers, Philadelphia, Portland Timbers, Columbia, or Portland Crew. Sounders, or Seattle Sounders. Yeah, Portland yeah. something. NYCFC too. There's two teams in New York. I don't know where the Red Bulls play though. New York gets two teams of everything, Mackie. Oh come on! Yeah, that, All of us ridiculous. on this podcast have dabbled in the MLS live world. At some there you point. go. Wait, let's. Like I said, that's talking soccer. Let's go. Second time ever, Ace. Your boy came on and talked to soccer, and he talked to us about it. But now we're understanding. Yeah, now Progress. we're kind of spinning back. Progress. He's probably sitting there like, damn, this is the most cringe soccer conversation I've ever listened to in my life. Yeah, Beak, let us know what we missed. <laughs> let us know how wrong every take we just had. <laughs> <laughs> I think this move makes Miami a contender for the MLS championship. Yeah. Put your futures in now. You heard it here first. Hit the books. Year one, Lionel Messi, leading goal scorer, MLS I mean, Cup. fresh just off the World the Cup, why not? Add it to the resume. I mean, you get that World Cup. What do you think next? MLS need to win that. There's those two great trophies in soccer. You think of the World Cup, and then you think of the the MLS Cup. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know if it's called the MLS, the MLS Cup. Cup. I can guarantee it's not called that. <laughs> what do you think it's called? Probably like the. I bet it's sponsored. I bet it's a sponsor. So I was gonna. I was gonna chirp, and then I stopped myself. Let's just find out what it's actually. You guys called. ready? Yep. It's called the MLS Cup. No, no way. way! Get out of here. I swear, I'm looking it's at it right be. now. It's gotta they be. Gotta, gotta they gotta be. rename that, that pretty sucks. soon if they, if they really want the MLS to go far. <laughs> they just say we Mackie, won the cup. That's probably Mackie's not said. watching until they rename it. I Nah, that's my boycott right there. Jeez. All right, well, I think that just about wraps up everything we have for this week's episode. Episode 41 here of Hit the Books. Lots to look forward to as we move into the rest of the NHL and NBA finals that are happening right now. NFL and MLB also on the horizon as they continue down the line for the MLB season, the NFL season quickly approaching. Anything else, guys? That's all I got. Yeah, that's going to do it for me. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you're staying tuned to all the social medias for uh, any plays. Had an MLB play today. Went a little want to know. Uh, going to be seeing what we got tomorrow. But other than that, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, comment, whatever you can do. It really goes a long way. So, um, But other than that, appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, great to be back. Missed a week last week, but, uh, you know, back, back doing what we're doing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, uh, yeah, I'm done. Mackie, you took the words right out of my mouth, literally. Um, yeah, big week ahead. Be ready to see those uh, those other posts we got coming this week. We got some matchups highlighted. Mackie's going to have our record. It's going to be better than last week. We were still in the green, but nothing too crazy. And Still uh, in the green. Yeah. Let's go, Florida teams. Pick it up. We want to see some series here. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please, like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. 
And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.